0: You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go A podcast that'll change how you think and change your life I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist i been helping people change their lives since 1996 Broadcasting from the French Alps I'm delighted to have you along Let's take this week's step in the right direction I'm constantly being told by people That they are stuck Or they feel stuck in their lives and of course if you feel stuck in your life you actually are stuck in your life. I'll explain what I mean by that in just a moment. Most people tell me that they are stressed or they think they're stressed and of course if you think you're stressed you actually are stressed and we've covered this before but it's worth repeating. Stress starts with a thought. In the modern age, it starts with a thought. In days gone by, in evolutionary times, stress was triggered by being confronted by a life-threatening situation. The stress response was triggered, it saved our lives. In the modern age, stress is triggered by me thinking that I'm being threatened. My boss doesn't like me, or my boss is trying to get rid of me, or the kids are doing stuff that's getting them into trouble and I don't know how to cope with it. The key to modern stress is in the sentence I've just spoken. I don't know how to cope with it. I don't know how to cope with my boss. I don't know how to cope with the job I have. I don't know how to cope with the traffic I'm in. I don't know how to cope because I missed the train. I don't know how to cope because the kids are driving me mad. I don't know how to cope. It's all about me asking myself a question subconsciously. Am I up? To dealing with the situation in which I find myself and when I say to myself I can't cope I immediately trigger the stress response because now I think that I am under threat but it's only a thought it might be a couple of thoughts because nobody using their mind normally will ask themselves the question am I up to coping with the situation in which I find myself question they actually ask themselves is, is the person who I think I am up to coping with what I think about the situation that I think is happening? There are four or five thinks involved. So in other words, stress is created in the modern age by a cascade of useless self-destructive thought. But it creates our version reality. As I said right at the beginning of today's episode, if I think I'm stuck, I'm stuck. If I think I'm stressed, I'm stressed. And it all comes from thought. In fact, I can put my hand on my heart and say without fear of contradiction, if we look back at the historic record, including all the goings on in our modern age, that every single problem in this world is as a result of thought. Yes, there might be challenges that have arisen. Yes, there might be situations in which we have to cope. But thought enters every single equation in the human condition. My God against your God. My nationality against your nationality. And on and on and on. But I don't want to get into that. We're not here to change the world. We are here to change your world. And in changing your world that has a ripple effect out to the world of those who are close to you, the world of those whom you love, the world of those with whom you interact on a daily basis. And gradually, little by little, the world becomes a better place. But the only world that I can change is mine, the only world that you can change is yours. And it all comes from changing how you think. And as you know how you think until you do something about it is dictated by the way in which your autopilot is working today and has been working every day since you were 12 or 13, using the programmes that the autopilot learned when you were young and impressionable. You see, that's what's wrong with normal thinking. It has nothing to do with here and now. And yes, think of all The knock on bad things that happen as a result of normal thought. Because we've covered before what stress does to the body. Stress will kill you. Low-level background, everyday stress, not will kill you, is killing you. So we need to change how we think. And, And I think that's very important because an awful lot of people, when they tell me that they're stuck, say, I'm stuck because of the way I grew up or I'm stuck because of the terrible things that happened to me as a child, or I'm stuck because of the abusive relationship that I had five years ago. I'm stuck because of stuff that happened in the past. You're not stuck in the present. What sticks you in the present is regurgitating the past. Where you find yourself now in this here and now, listening to me now, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're walking, wherever you happen to be, whatever the circumstances of your life are now, wherever you find yourself in this here and now, is the result, the cumulative effect, of everything you have done and everything you have failed to do in every now up to now. Now when I say that to people, first thing they say back to me is now you've given me something else to think about now you're actually saying to me that I could have done things differently now you're saying to me it's my fault that's not what I said at all I just made a statement of scientific fact where you are now is a result of everything you did and didn't do in each now up to now but that doesn't matter What matters is what you do now, how you think now, as a result of that how you behave now, how you act now instead of react based on stuff that's gone before, or stuff you're blaming for where you find yourself now, or people you're blaming from your past. What matters is how you pull yourself together and turn up to the here and now. When you turn up to the here and now, this here and now, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. It doesn't matter. If you've wasted half your working life in jobs you It. it doesn't matter. If you have been in and out of abusive relationships, it doesn't matter. If you've been procrastinating for years about doing something you'd love to do, it doesn't matter. If you're overweight when you'd love to be f- fit and healthy, it doesn't matter. What matters is what you do now. Because, if you take what I said a moment ago, this now creates the next now. And in five years' time, where you will find yourself, please God, will be as a result of all the nows up to now. But you know what? The minute you start turning up to now, it cancels all the other nows out. Let me explain. I meet most of my clients for the first time when they're in their 40s. Okay, for some it might be older, some it might be a bit younger, but I suppose the mean age at which I meet clients for the first time is kind of mid-40s. So say you're 45. You've spent 33 years living on automatic pilot. You have spent 33 years not turning up to all the nows. Rarely doing the right thing, because you couldn't, because you didn't know what the right thing was, because you didn't turn up to the here and now. And often doing the wrong thing, because the wrong thing was programmed into you as a means of making it through the day. We have explored that again and again and again in previous episodes. When in the ordinary course of our ordinary everyday lives, we move through one here and now to the next here and now, largely marked absent. What we're doing has minimal ripple effect. The universities of Milan and Chicago reckon that only 1% of the normal person turns up to the here and now. The vast majority of the person's mental energy is living in the past that's what I meant by regurgitating the past earlier on. That is what I referred to when I talked about the programs that your automatic pilot uses to enable you to make it through the day. They're all stuff from the past. That's where the subconscious mind, when it is an automatic pilot, is dwelling. Another bit of your mind is dwelling in the future, looking forward to things that you don't want to happen. We call it worry, wasting your energy pouring your energy into stuff you prefer to avoid. Mad stuff, crazy stuff. But as a result of simply making it through the day, using programs from our childhood, and as a result of thinking about the future, a tiny percentage of us turns up to the here and now. So what we actually do in the here and now, when we're normally minded, doesn't really matter all that much because to say it is half-heartedly done is a major understatement. It's hardly done at all. If you look at how the world and the universe works from the perspective of quantum physics, and we've talked about this before, the world works as basically an energy exchange. If I put energy into doing something, I will get energy back from the universe. But if I'm a normal person and I put 1% of my available energy into the here and now and doing what I'm doing, I'm going to get Very, very little, almost nothing by way of return on my investment, because I didn't really make much of an investment in the first place, did I? So you don't need to worry about the things you did or failed to do in the past, because they were half-heartedly done and had minimal impact other than to reconfirm in your own mind that you were stuck, other than to confirm and reconfirm constantly in your own mind that you're suffering from stress and all that goes with it. You don't need to worry about that. Indeed, if you were to worry about it, that would be as useless a thought as all the other useless thoughts that are rattling around in your head that you need to stop paying attention to. As I said a few weeks ago, you need to starve those thoughts of your attention. You don't starve those thoughts of your attention by saying, you're not getting my attention, because you'll get into a row with yourself. Instead of thinking useless thoughts or destructive thoughts, you'll try to think useful thoughts or less destructive thoughts to counter the useless and self-destructive thoughts and end up having an argument with yourself and possibly even ending up further away from the reality of the moment. You go down the rabbit hole. You starve your thoughts of your attention by paying your attention to the one and the only thing that is real. And that is the here and now. And you don't need to worry that this is a new skill you have to learn. It's your natural state of mind. When you were three, you couldn't do anything else. You were immersed completely in the here and now. It's only the rubbish you learned afterwards that distanced you from the here and now. You don't even have to unlearn That rubbish, you simply starve it of your attention by going back to your innate ability, your true nature, of being clear and present and focused and immersed in the here and now. There's only one scientifically validated way of doing that. To yourself and that is meditation. It can happen to you in other ways, for example, when you're in deep sleep or when you're under a general anaesthetic or, very sadly, in the last few moments of your life. It can happen to you. But that's no use to you. There's no point in waiting for inspiration to strike. There's no point in standing out on a sunny day and waiting to be struck by lightning. Meditation is something you can do to yourself and it is, as things stand, the only thing you can do to yourself that will enable you to develop your ability or redevelop your ability to simply be, to simply be in the here and now. Say. Say you weren't very good at meditation. (laughs) I say that with my tongue firmly stuck in my cheek for the simple reason that meditation is something that you do and you don't evaluate how you do it because that would be thinking about it, that would be analysing it and that would be taking you back into the world of thought which meditation is designed to take you away from. So you're never going to know whether you're good or bad at it because to get into that conversation with yourself would be totally and utterly counterproductive but just say for argument's sake you were crap awful at meditation and with all your meditation you only managed to instead of be one percent present be two percent present in the here and now the first thing is That all the other normal crazy people in the world would notice the difference, believe it or not. They might be able to put their finger on the difference, but they will notice the difference because you will be 100% more present than everybody else. You will have what we call presence. You will become attractive to people who can't put their finger on why you have become more attractive. But never mind other people. Changing your world starts with you and you alone if you could move from being just 1% present to 2% present you will have doubled your impact on the here and now you will have doubled your investment in universal energy you will have doubled the response you get from universal energy and even that 1% step which is actually a 100% step is a step That there's no going back from. You're going to start taking more and more and more of those little steps that are exponentially giant leaps. That, for starters, is the reason why I keep banging on about meditation. It's the only way we know of ensuring that we start living our lives to the full. It's the only way we know where we can turn up to the here and now and do something that matters. And it is the only way we have of turning up to the here and now in a way of doing something that matters, that is right and proper and done properly, that will enable us to move further forward. Because when we do turn up to the here and now, even 100% more than the paltry 1%, when we do turn up to the here and now, not only are we investing more of our energy in universal energy, we're doing more of what we need to do. Because by virtue of the fact that we have turned up more to the here and now, we have a better understanding of what is going on in the here and now. Which is very different from the thought world, the imagined world of what is going on in the here and now. And as we said earlier on, you thinking about whether you're capable of dealing with what you think about what you think is going on. You're, you're more tuned in to the reality of the moment, which means you are better able to discern between what the right thing is to do and stuff you shouldn't be doing at all. Or stuff That should be done or could be done in a different way to the habitual, programmed way you have been doing it in the past. Instead of barking at people, you might say hello to people. The result of which is you might realise that actually you don't hate your boss anymore, you just thought you did. Turning up to the here and now, even a little more than we have been as normal crazy people, enables us begin to become aware we become self-aware. And in becoming self-aware, we begin to self-check. In turning up to the here and now, we realise when we're not behaving properly. We realise, we eventually get to the point of realising just before we're about to behave inappropriately, so that we don't behave inappropriately anymore. It's a gradual process I used the word exponential earlier on. It's a gradual but exponential process. It's like a rolling snowball that eventually turns into one of these huge fat snowmen that just keeps on going and gathering more and more experiences of reality in the here and now till I become a force for wonder in my own life and a force for good in everyone else's life. But there's more to it than that. It's like everything else in life, when we take little steps forward, they turn into giant leaps, and there's always more to it. We talked in our last episode about understanding what you want out of life. And I'm going to cover this again in another couple of episodes too. We talked about how you can't figure it out because the thinking mind, programmed by thought, will always try to convince you that the success that you want is measured against the success that you think other people have. Comparative thinking. Measuring yourself against somebody else. Mine is bigger than yours. You can't figure out, using your normal mind, what you want. If I were to ask you today, what do you really want? You'd come back with an answer fueled by normal thought. You couldn't come back with an answer any other way for the simple reason that we construct our version of happiness and success on the basis of the norms in our society of what happiness and success looks like. And unfortunately normally looks like from the outside in, whereas happiness and success comes from the inside out. Let me put what I'm trying to say this way, because I think this will sound pretty clear. The more you clear your mind, the clearer what you want from life becomes. There. (laughs) There. it. That's it in a nutshell. In other words, the more I turn up to the here and now, the more I free my mind of my baggage, the more I lighten the load, the more I starve my own self-defeating thoughts and limiting beliefs of my attention, the clearer my mind becomes. The more my mind becomes divorced from the hoary old normal definitions of what happiness and success looks like the more I begin to realise what turns me on. The more I begin to feel the kind of experiences that I want from life. The more I begin to understand what is best for me. Which is, for starters, way beyond the imagination of the normal thinking mind. But at another level altogether, not just for starters, it is a life way beyond what we might normally term our heart's desires. Here is a really really important reason for meditating because meditating enables you put together the two pieces of what I call and you've heard me referring to this before as the two-piece jigsaw. Number one, I need to turn up to the here and now and number two, I need to know why I turned up to the here and now. The why is what I want out of life. The why are the experiences I'd love to have in my life. The turning up to the here and now is being more than one percent present. But meditation enables and facilitates both those pieces of the jigsaw. It enables me to turn up And the more I turn up and the more I understand what reality looks and feels like the more I begin to become clear as to what I really, really want to experience in my life. The more I understand the impact that I have on others as a result of turning up to the here and now, the more that influences my understanding of the kind of experiences I want to have in my life and on and on the snowball rolls. So, whereas I sat down to record a podcast episode furthering our discussion on manifestation, yuck, a word that I absolutely hate, and if you listen back to last week's episode, you'll understand why. Whereas I sat down to record an episode following on from last week's episode, I have actually probably leaped a couple of steps further forward. And, and really, I suppose, simplifying, or doing my best to simplify, something that is awfully, awfully simple in its essence, but is overly complicated by people who have these esoteric, conceptual discussions and conversations about the meaning of life. God help us. I'll repeat what I said earlier on, because it is awfully, awfully important. Meditation clears my mind. The clearer my mind becomes, the clearer becomes my understanding of me and the kind of life I would love to experience. I constantly get questions as to for how long I should meditate. You know, is meditating for 30 minutes or 40 minutes better than meditating for five minutes? It depends on what you're doing for the 20 or 30 minutes, to be quite honest. Meditation, and we'll talk about this in the coming weeks. Meditation is a discipline. It is a discipline that requires structure. So some people will sit down for 30 or 40 minutes to, an in inverted commas, empty their mind. And basically, they're just sitting there not doing anything. Meditation is a discipline, it requires structure and you know five or six or seven minutes first thing in the morning and by that I mean before your day gets going, not the minute you get out of bed, not necessarily. Five or six or seven minutes most mornings, preferably every morning, is enough. What should i be doing when i meditate as i said a minute ago it requires discipline and it requires structure in other words you don't just sit there and say to yourself i'm going to clear my mind for a few minutes or i'm going to allow my mind settle because certainly definitely at the outset when you're starting out on a course of tuning your mind into the real world, meditating, when you're starting out for the first time you don't just want to sit down and say I'm going to clear my mind because your mind will fly off in every direction, even directions that are unimaginable to the normal way in which you distract yourself. You'll, you'll think you're crazy. No, it needs discipline and it needs structure. I alluded to this a moment ago, some people would say, well does it need to be really just after I get out of bed in the morning? It needs to be done before your day gets going. So it could be done before your shower, after your shower, before you dress, after you dress, before your breakfast, breakfast after your breakfast, or any combination of the foregoing, as long as it gets done before you leave the house. and of course a lot of people aren't leaving the house at the moment and that actually poses an even greater challenge for so many people. By leaving the house I mean leaving the house mentally. In other words switching on your computer to start your work day at home or indeed actually physically leaving the house. You need to start your day the way you would wish to continue it in as clear a state of mind as possible. That is what I call Putting your best foot forward and if we start our day by not putting our best foot forward we have nobody to blame but ourselves if we slip and fall or fall over ourselves that said as I said earlier on in this conversation today this is a no blame game you've been listening to to succeed just let go to get involved join me in my facebook group strangely enough called to succeed just let go and for more information visit www.willie-